1: Welcome everybody here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, joined today by friend of the show. Now that you've been on a few times, we can we can officially give you that title now. The show's favorite NBA insider, I think is what we're, your, your, your title is going to be. Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports. He has the No Cap Room uh, podcast on the Ball Don't Lie podcast network. Uh, thank you very much, man, for hopping on. We're about to tip off the finals, which means we are only a couple weeks from the offseason. I know you're swamped, and I appreciate you coming on nonetheless.
0: You got it, man. Thanks for having me. I didn't you you pronounce her name Anthony. Was that intentional? Is that how I'm supposed to refer to you now?
1: No, no, just a a speech impediment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know if it became British because the Lakers flamed out in the Western
1: Conference finals. It would be it, it would be funny just to take on. Remember, like Madonna back in the day, like randomly started talking with like a British accent. Yeah, I'd have to work on it a lot more to do it, but but yeah. Um, I see the Eagles hat in the background, and 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 uh, you you did move your your camera to give us a uh, to give us the podcast. Uh, you know, background that we have on it. And it's going to work great now that this stuff is on is on YouTube. So for those of you listening. This is on YouTube as well. Subscribe there. But let's dive in. We only have a, a quick little bit here. And the Lakers, like you mentioned, season ended in the Western Conference Finals uh, in the version of a sweep and uh, have a ton of decisions lined up for them across their roster. Um, there's some restricted free agents in Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. There's some actual free agent stuff here with, with uh, D'Angelo Russell. And um, and then it just kind of all falls into place from there. I saw that you wrote about it already for Yahoo Sports, um, yeah. and and you know a lot of a lot of that stuff I think uh, didn't no real surprises there quite yet. Uh, finding out that the Lakers are are you know obviously really focused on bringing back Reeves and Rui, but the D'Angelo Russell market is um, really difficult to nail down. Uh, he isn't a $30 million player, but he, and and, and he therefore needs the Lakers to end to, another team to get that number up to anywhere close to that. But the Lakers also need D'Angelo Russell just as much as he needs them because they can't have him walk away for nothing and lose that cap spot for nothing. So what are you hearing so far about D'Angelo Russell?
0: Yeah. So with Russell, as someone calls me,
1: is it I- D'Angelo Russell?
0: It's not D'Angelo <laughs> Russell. It was a G League general manager. Oh, okay. Um,
1: so speaking, speaking of D'Angelo Russell, is he interested? Like.
0: Russell. <laughs> <laughs> so Russell wanted, from everything I heard, a four-year, $100 million extension from Minnesota. And knowing that price point that he was looking at, I think played a factor in the Timberwolves wanting to move on from him. That's, that's a factor in a lot of trade deadline uh, transactions where, you know, Jakob Pearl gets moved to Toronto when the Spurs, you know, are not exactly, uh, you know, keen on hearing the numbers he wants coming up for free agency. Mm-hmm. So it's not a, it's not a foreign concept um, to D'Angelo, but for him to want that much money and for that to not be that much of a market for him, I think, is definitely one of the more um, individual circumstances we're gonna have this off Where you know Fred VanVleet, who's Definitely going to be a popular name that you hear about as a sign-and-trade candidate mm-hmm. um, for the Lakers to replace D'Lo with. like He's going to have a wealth of offers, I think, uh, at least a wealth of interest. And a lot of these things are going to be dependent on how the carousel spins and who goes where first, and we'll work our way down the line from marquee guys. So I feel like a lot of D'Angelo's situation could be directly tied to Fred VanVleet, regardless of if there's a mm-hmm. real – Lakers thing there. I don't know yet. I haven't really done enough uh research on it, but I just, from where I sit right now talking to you, I'm not expecting there to be like a wealth of interest from Toronto in taking yeah. back Angelo unless the rappers just want to get back something for him leaving to play the cap game. um Which, in that scenario, just like with the Lakers, and this is kind of going to bring my point to the close, I, I think. Because, again, we don't know how it's going to unfold. It's just way too early. We don't know what all the moving parts are going to shake into. My educated guess right now is wherever D'Lo does end up, I think it'll be, as I wrote in the story, I think it'll be a short-term deal, something like around two years, $40 million, maybe where the second year is either a team option or it's a player option or it's half-guaranteed, something to that effect, um, where it gets him close to that salary figure that he wants, but it's not exactly a massive undertaking from a team side of things. And it can also kind of be like a bet on yourself scenario for him. So that's Mm -hmm. where I'm expecting it to end um, just on a dollar figure for him. If it's in Los Angeles, I do think that also continues to give them the opportunity to trade that contract moving forward. You get him at least at a a palatable number where, you know, you are going to need him at this juncture in the regular season just to get through that 82 game gauntlet. Like they ended up, you know, relying on uh, Patrick Beverly for a large stretch of the, of the season, you know, this, I year. remember, yeah. <laughs> I was trying not talk, to remember, but <laughs> I think that's a, a good general over uh, overview of that situation.
1: Yeah. I think uh, I, I'm with you on, um, the kind of structure there with with Russell, right? That uh, a two year deal, maybe with like a partial guarantee in the second year or a team option there in the second year, that allows whoever trades for him to look at that as an expiring contract if he does remain with the Lakers um, through to the deadline. Um, I, I The Lakers, you know, it's already been leaked a couple times that they 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 liked what they saw from him on and off the court. Um, and, and that is certainly helping there. the, the relationship right now seems a lot better than it did the first time they traded him away, or we're looking to maybe trade him away. Um, so that, that, that is helpful, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right in pointing out just, there's just not much interest for a 20, you know, a late 20 year old point guard, um, who is making the kind of money that he was making before isn't really going to improve from here point, you know, from this point forward and isn't exactly good enough to be like a cornerstone acquisition in, in, in the off season. So it is kind of a uniquely tough spot for him to be in here. And that's usually where you see these guys, you know, bet on themselves. It's, it's in this kind of spot where they'll, they'll say like, all right, screw it. Let's, let's go and, and, and let's prove that I'm worthy of a, of a, of a greater market, maybe a year or two years from now. Um, Speaking of betting on themselves, uh one situation here that I haven't seen brought up, I don't think, quite often enough here, and I, I mentioned it on the show with Aaron as it pertains to uh Austin Reeves, is he is going to be underpaid. Um from from what I've kind of heard, there's some you know some some kind of rumbling around the league that that the market for him has kind of uh, festered because everybody knows the Lakers are just going to match whatever contract um, is is he signed to. What does help him here is that it is only one day versus the three days it used to be um, to make a decision and and match on that contract. So money isn't tied up for quite as long, but still it looks like if he signs that four year 56 or $55 million contract with the Lakers, he's going to be pretty well below market value at that rate. And it makes me wonder if he might wind up taking a shorter term deal to hit the open market next year or the year afterward. Have you heard anything about that?
0: I think that's a good wonder
1: by you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: What I I am willing and able to say right now is I I do think that if that situation presents itself and he's going to be staring at that max of 451, whatever it is, um, based off of the Gilbert Rainer's rule, what what he'll be limited to. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there will absolutely be conversations about different mechanics of of how that will work. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, for an undrafted guy out of Arkansas um,
1: to To have this conversation is nuts. (laughs)
0: $1 million guaranteed I think will also be hard for him to sniff that. Um, but, But these are decisions that Don't just come down to one guy at the end of the day. There's like full marketing teams and cap guys and analytics guys on each side, like on on the agency side of things and different advisors giving different inputs and there'll be different projections on how the cap will jump. And everyone's trying to time things with the new TV deal coming out or or upcoming in 2025. So does it make more sense to time things so you get back into free agency in two years as opposed to in four or three um, or will it be like you know? Will it be more lucrative to get it back out in 26 as opposed to 25? Like all that type of yeah. stuff. I think that will have, will be a conversation that pretty much every player who's like 27 or younger, who like knows they have at least one more contract upcoming, especially guys um, who are looking for that first big payday. Some like like Max Struess and Gabe Vincent in Miami too. I think they're going to have to really think about mm-hmm. you know. I was undrafted. Do I take this opportunity now as a free agent, coming off a run of the finals, where I bake myself, you know, a good four-year deal that gets myself and my family long-term security, or do I, you know, further gamble on my opportunities to, you know, increase my earning potential moving forward? Someone like Dante Divincenzo, who, you know, was pretty much guaranteed a deal in like the four-year, sixty-million-dollar range before he got hurt in Milwaukee. They go on a finals run. He ends up, you know petering out and getting traded Sacramento doesn't even give him the qualifying offer. He signed at the mid level this year, like
1: mm-hmm. Dante plays really well
0: and plays really well. Like he's going to have to think about, Oh, you know, I, I basically lost 60 million because of an injury. Like, you know, do I take my payday now? If, if it even presents itself to me, do I try to get back into free agency in a short term period? That's, I don't think that's a rare circumstance for what mm-hmm. Austin's going to be facing. I think just, just like all those other guys, it's going to be very warranted for him to have those conversations with his people.
1: Yeah. It's it Austin's situation. He's already bet on himself, right? He told teams not to, to draft him so that he could kind of hand select the situation that he wanted for himself. Um, he has spoken about why he chose the Lakers when that opportunity did wind up presenting itself. And he's made good on gambling on himself to this point. Um, it wouldn't shock me to be completely honest if he didn't decide to or if he decided to uh, make that same kind of gamble all over again. Um, Rui's a tougher one. I don't really know this one's a little bit more it's it's tougher because he's gonna be making more money, I think but it's it's a little bit more straightforward because the Lakers can make the biggest offer to him. Um, I still think he probably comes in in that like four year say 70 plus million dollar range um is is kind of what i thought uh but i also think with him uh a two-year deal on whatever money that the lakers can give him there that allows him to get back out into an open market again um and it would be easier for him to make that decision he has more money already in his bank account because of his rookie deal and he can be paid more per year um th- you mentioned the, the, the likelihood there with, with Austin, and I think that's because of some of the limitations that the Lakers have. But some of the freedom here might lead to Rui taking that similar path forward as well.
0: It's possible. I mean, I, I, I wrote in that article, you know, he wanted something at the time of those early bird extension talks with Washington before this past season in the four-year 60 range. Mm-hmm. So the Lakers, like every Which team— Which is way below market.
1: Like the, he, he's a $20 million yeah. player, I think. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's
0: kind of my point. Like the Lakers, just like every team who would have traded for him, you know, Phoenix was right there at the finish line with a three team deal in Milwaukee that would have put Crowder there earlier than, the, than, than that February 9th, you know, uh, horn went off like all those, every team in the league, they're looking at what, you know, Sadiq Bay wanted in free agency. what got wanted, as I, as I said him earlier. So the Lakers trading for him and giving up draft capital Kind of just showed their cards that they were at least willing to value him at that number yeah. because they weren't going to give up that capital and not retain him. Yep. Then he goes on the run he did in the playoffs, arguably you know the <laughs> third or fourth <laughs> most important Unreal. player on you know where you rank him and Reeves. He's yeah. got, that's got to be the floor for him at this point. I, I, I think yeah, pushing twenty something. You know, I I wrote in the stories that Josh Hart's number is being thrown around is like something in the 17, 18 million dollar range. That that kind of mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Um, from a comparable standpoint, at the market, where we could be looking at,
1: uh, the Lakers have a draft pick. They have the number seventeen pick in this year's draft, and then they have forty-seven, I believe, in the second round. And they usually wind up buying a pick every uh, every year. And then, in, in a draft as deep as this one, it wouldn't surprise me to to, to see them do so again. Um, especially now that second rounders are apparently, you know, able to be thrown together in, in, in three or four second round pick things that return actual talent. Um, yep. so that, that would, it would, it'd would be interesting to see how they, how they approach that. But, um, that pick that they have this year, Mo Bamba's contract is not, is, is, is fully not guaranteed next year. And they have this 17th pick here in, in this year's draft. And, uh, again, when somehow went to the Western conference finals, it seems like the kind of team that you would want to gamble on and see if you can get more immediate help, if if possible. Are you hearing anything uh, on the on the trade market uh, for the Lakers as they look to kind of bolster a roster that you know Malik Beasley didn't play in in like the second round and further. Uh, D'Angelo Russell obviously struggled as well. Mo Bamba um, didn't play at all in the playoffs. So so like what 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 are you hearing as far as the Lakers trade opportunities here? I, I fully expect they'll look at what the Malik Beasley um, Mo Bamba
0: contracts combined can, can go get them uh, mm-hmm. during the draft trade talks for sure. I, I also think that they're pretty interested at the idea of getting someone at 17 who could potentially be an impact player while on a rookie scale contract. Yeah, um, I do think uh, from conversations I've had, I think LA is like confident that there will be some talented players there. I mean, I, I haven't fully dove in into the draft, you know, world yet at this stage, but like from everything I've heard so far, there's a clear drop off right after the top three. Everyone knows that. Then mm-hmm. there kind of is like a total, you know, gray area between like eight and twenty. So mm-hmm. I think teams like the Lakers in that range could absolutely come around on draft night, they're on the clock and someone they had like eighth on their board is there. Mm-hmm. Um and that's a really intriguing person to have on your roster on a rookie scale situation when you've got, you know, all these big paydays we're talking about when you know the second apron comes into play. And I, I really think that that new second apron in, in this new CBA, I, I really think the Lakers are going to try to avoid that this season if possible. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's basically been communicated to me as like a marching order. Um oh. So. I don't know if that's like an ironclad situation, but um, it does seem like that's a that's a clear goal and a directive to not cross that second apron this
1: year, um, which is makes that sense. The, is that like the norm that you're hearing across the league? Because it feels like like the 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 uh, owners or governors or whatever somehow slid under under everybody's noses essentially a hard cap that second apron feels like for a lot of teams or whatever something that nobody wants to dip into
0: there are certain teams that are just going to do it because they're they're there like golden state Mm -hmm. i mean I i don't think they're unwilling to be there if they really think they've got a chance at making you know another championship run milwaukee's Full, I mean, Milwaukee's fully invested in trying to compete with Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. and like, try to retain him and sign him to a contract extension again. So, I think you know they're they're not going to be you know shy about spending in order to do so. The Clippers it's the same thing. Like they've been so yeah. deep with Kawhi and Paul George. I've heard. I mean, with all the rumblings and rumors we heard about Bob Myers throughout the last six months, like just kind of sounds like they're gonna stay the course Kawhi and paul george if they are healthy finally maybe someday Mm -hmm. that they can have the talent to make a run they refused pretty much any overture for tyloo uh you know this spring um i expect they'll everyone's saying they're going to make an internal elevation uh to replace michael winger um i think someone i talked to today even suggested that that might even be done already so Mm -hmm. uh I think the Clippers are going to stay the course. I don't think like the second apron all of a sudden is going to change things for them too, too much. Will we see a lot of teams make some cost clearing moves, um, you know, between now and the starting training camp. I I I think there will be more um, just like marginal salary money moving that happens before the league calendar flips uh, on June 30th. And I think before training camp too, because now another new stipulation of the CBA is you got to reach the salary floor before training camp starts. So I I think we will see some like moving parts, but I don't think we're going to see like an effectively a hard cap here right now. I think when teams get that close, it's going to be kind of a danger zone.
1: That's interesting. That would, that has my wheel spinning a little bit. And, and, and unfortunately, (laughs) unfortunately here, um, this is you know, kind of sort of where we're 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 up against the nitty-gritty here. Um yeah. so the last quick thing before before we get you out of here. Uh, the Lakers, you know, they they have a path to run it back. They have a path to essentially just kind of make some tweaks here and there. And then the 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 one option that they have that doesn't seem very plausible or practical from where I'm sitting is like, you know, the Kyrie thing, the Fred Van Vliet thing, the big name, like third star approach here. Um, if you had to cut it up into a pie chart, where where, where would you say the, the majority of your, your your pie would sit between those three options?
0: I mean, the running back is going to take precedence for sure. Um, yeah. And I think with D'Lo, it's going to be uh, a thing like a, a, a series of a bunch of variables, you know, like I'll, I'll put it this way. Dennis Schroeder obviously won his way back into the hearts and minds of Lakers fans. You know, mm-hmm. if certain things broke a different way for him in that for agency after he, you know, didn't come to extension agreements with the Lakers, you know, he might have been able to, you know, gotten that Spencer did what he contract in Washington or yeah. another situation. But, you know, one guy goes here and another guy goes there. A third guy goes to this third team and all of a sudden all of your options you thought you had are dried up or for a team, you know, all of a sudden the options you thought yeah. you had dried up and you kind of have to go with the best player on the board. I mean, Charlotte, a couple years ago, I think it was 21, uh, 2020, or 2021, you know, there was Nerlens Noel looking for his contract and Rashawn Holmes and, um, a couple other centers who thought that like they were going to be up for a four year, $80 million deal with Charlotte. And then the yeah. Hornets on draft night went and traded for Mason Plumley, and he's <laughs> starting center. So, there's a lot of things that can change that can shift the marketplace um, with D'Lo that I think, you know, he'll have to be and how the Lakers handle him will be in response to that. The, the really awesome stuff. Sure. Like other teams potentially throwing an offer sheet can you know, change some things or expedite certain parts of the plan. But those are mostly things within their control that I think
1: will get controlled and get done all right well thank you very much man for hopping on again yahoo sports review where is where you can find all of jake's stuff uh also check out the no cap room uh podcast as well um again this is the insider for the lakers lounge there's nobody else that we would we would trust with this this amount of information thank you very much jake for hopping on
0: appreciate you anthony
1: best of luck man i can't wait for your coverage